welcome to day 54 of Shaped by the Word. Uh, we continue in the book of Acts, the second of uh, Luke's two-volume early church history, but it's so much more than our early church history. It is uh, the heart of the early church's theology, how God is working in and among them. Of course, in the gospel, he talks about how the Holy Spirit works through Jesus to accomplish his purposes in the book of Acts. See how the Holy Spirit works through his church in a continuation of Jesus' work to accomplish his, his purposes. And uh, we just read yesterday the wonderful Acts 2, uh, the coming of the Holy Spirit and the forming of the church, how they're praising to God continually together, devoted to the apostles' teaching, to breaking bread, uh, to prayer, to fellowship, giving up their possessions in order to invest in one another. And we just pick up in uh, chapter 3 of A Day in the Life of the Early Church. It was quite extraordinary. So before we uh, read chapter 3, uh, let's offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. Matt, do you mind doing yeah. that? Did I introduce us? This is uh, Matt Kresge. Yeah. I'm here with uh, David Keefe. Hey, guys. I'm Paul Kemp, and this is Shaped by the Word. Yeah. Matt, let's, lead us. Let's pray. Father, we um, do thank you. Uh, thank you that you are with us. Thank you. Uh, for your spirit who dwells in us. We thank you for your word and um, just being able to journey through it together. Uh, Father, we pray as we read this that you would be glorified um, in us and through us, that, Father, you would um, use your word to transform us into the image of Christ. We thank you um, for every every part of it. Thank you for the, the moments that comfort, um, for the times where we are convicted. Um, thank you for the encouragement we find in your text. Uh, God, would you... Um, would you do what only you can do through your word, whether that is comfort, convict, or encourage, or so much more? Um, God, thank you that you are actively present um, in us and with us. And so, Father, we pray for that now. As we read together, uh, would you be with us? Uh, give us wisdom. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with him into the temple court, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelite, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us if by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disown the Holy and Righteous One and ask that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you all can see. 
Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah must suffer. Repent then and turn from the Lord so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And they may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, Though your offspring will be <laughs> through your offspring, all the peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. This is one of about five sermons that we have from Peter. And uh, all of them follow the kind of the same same course. They begin to talk about who Jesus is and then how we should respond to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's a, that's a great track for any sermon to take. Here's who he is and here's how uh, we ought to respond to him. And he said, he's giving you this opportunity to turn from your wicked ways. And what a wonderful, you know, gospel invitation. Repent then and turn to the Lord so that times of renewal yeah. or refreshing may come and he may send the Messiah who's been appointed for you. So fun passage all the way all the way through. Now, even at the end of Acts 2, you know, as we're reading that kind of snapshot of the early church, it says that many wonders and signs were performed by the apostles. And then we get into Acts 3 here and get to see most likely one of those wonders and oh, signs yeah, as we're seeing them come to the man at the gate. And so love getting the kind of guy, you read that and you're like, well, I wonder what those might have looked like. And well, here's one of them. And so really cool of Luke to put that in there. And you see a continuation of uh, you know the apostles doing what Jesus had done, mm-hmm. which is an affirmation or a confirmation uh, you know that his ministry is continuing through his people, and not only through his people, but through his you know chosen apostles who were entrusted with the message in order to bring the message of the resurrection of his life, death, and resurrection to us, so that yeah. we might believe in him. And and we see not only just the, this work being done through them, but also this work being done in them. You know that if we go back to like Luke's gospel, you know in the gospel accounts of Peter, like last time we see Peter really before Jesus comes and we see that in John and restores Peter. I mean, Peter can't even stand up in front of a girl and say, you know, Jesus is who he says he is. You know, I mean, he said, I don't know him. And now all of a sudden, the last two chapters, he's proclaiming these bold sermons saying, you're the one who killed the author of life. You're the one who handed Jesus over to be killed. It's, and I mean, just pointed, you know, and just these these strong words, almost this, this courage, this confidence, this boldness that comes because not only is God working through them, but we see the work of grace in Peter's life. You know, the Spirit has come, and, and God is at work in them too. Now, of course, they've seen the resurrected Lord, yeah, and that in and of themselves would give them great courage. And, of course, they've received the Holy Spirit, uh, which is the very Spirit of the Lord, which which would embolden them also, you know, to speak. And these, uh, these last two, you know, sermons from Peter are just some of the most powerful representations of the gospel, you know, that you find. And, of course, you see this man and this hopelessness of this man being brought, you know, day in and day out, having to depend on others just to get to mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> the beautiful gate. Yeah. Uh, and that's a great, you know, kind of a great, you know, symbol 
Uh, not sure which gate that exactly was, but uh, it could have been the Corinthian gate with all of its bronze and things like that. But the, the gate is beautiful and the temple is beautiful, but the restoration of the people hadn't happened. And so you see this man, you know, begging and hoping, you know, for just a few small coins. I love Peter's answer. We don't have any of that. <laughs> we just sold all of our property and gave it to the poor. Yeah. We, we don't have any of that, but we have something that will make you much richer and encounter, you know, with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to you know, realize every time we see the power of, you know, Christ healing and restoring physical ailments, it is just a portrait of the power of Christ healing and restoring our spiritual ailments. Mm as well so it's a portrait of full restoration but the beginning of that restoration is what happens in us as he'll talk about later when he says repent and turn to god so that times of refreshing or renewal uh picturing isaiah's renewal of the whole earth can begin i love too you know i mean what an amazing scene this had to have been right (laughs) he'd been there every day people knew him like oh that's the guy that sits by the gate and now they see him jumping and, and walking, and Luke keeps saying, that, and walking and jumping and excited. And, and then, you know, I love how Peter even kind of begins that sermon, of fellow Israelites, um, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? And so I love how he points the credit to all this straight back to Jesus. Yeah. Well, what, a, what a contrast from the last time Jesus sent out the 72, you know, and they come back saying, look, what all we, you know, look at everything we've done. <laughs> And I mean, how far they've come, you know, even now that they, Peter says, it's not by our own power or godliness. It's all by grace. Yeah. And many times those of us who have been gifted, you know, of God to do whatever it is we do, whether it's to preach a sermon or to administrate an organization or to lead a team, uh, we tend to think that, you know, the good gifts we have are gifts that uh, say more about us than they do about the giver. And that's obviously true with the Holy Spirit that. It's a gift that says so much more about who he is and about who we are. What a grace gift we've been given in him. I love how he connects it to the you know, Old Testament story, too. You know, he's not going to let this, like, was, Jesus come on the scene and uh, you're yeah. going to do this? No, I was giving you five, uh, four, yeah. three. <laughs> hurry. Go. You know, yeah. <laughs> he's not going to let Jesus come on the scene and all of a sudden this this new God, this new, you know, it's, he says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the same God we've been worshiping for centuries, you know, it's this God, the God of our fathers. He's glorified his servant, Jesus. And when you say servant Jesus, obviously he's pointing them back to Isaiah. I mean, he's pointing them back to the Old Testament story saying, the fulfillment has come. What you've been longing for and looking for is here. Yeah. And, and not only that, there's just a nice little Isaiah reference, I think, that has to be on Luke's mind when he went walking and leaping mm-hmm. into the temple. Uh, because Isaiah says in the latter days they will come leaping with joy yeah. back into the temple and you see you know, see that you know being fulfilled. So there's so many of these things that are you know in the back of Luke's head as he's read the Old Testament, uh, been versed in the Old Testament and he sees so many of these Old Testament images leaping off the page you know right in front of him and uh, of course records them you know for us mm-hmm. as well. I also love verse 15. You killed the author of life, the very one that gave you life, created life. Yeah. You know, you took his life, but God raised him from the dead. And obviously we know Jesus willingly gave up his, you know, breathed his last and committed his spirit into to the Father's hands. But, I mean, what a, what a striking, I, just the depths of our sin. I think it's easy to maybe read this at times and think, man, we're on the side of Peter, you know, or on the side of the, uh, the disciples and to miss it. Sometimes we might be like the lame beggar, 
you know, sometimes we may even be, if we're not careful, like the people who are listening being, you know, convicted by yeah. Peter's words saying, you're mm-hmm. the ones that killed. Yeah, we, we, we are the lame beggar. Yeah. We, we are helpless. And, and hopeless, you know, without the power of Christ, we may see ourselves as able-bodied people who have a lot of power and a lot of prestige and a lot of, you know, personal achievement. Uh, but we, we're empty. We have nothing that can mm-hmm. uh, restore or re- renew us. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and we are, you know, we are. Just those words are so heavy. You disown the holy and righteous one. Mm-hmm. In other words, this gift that has been talked about a long time came and was manifest in front of you. You said, no thanks. And then the irony of that, you killed the author <laughs> of life. You, you, you know, you thought you could anyway. You thought you could kill <laughs> no, the author God of life. God raised him from the dead. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. here is the one who is, you know, as Paul would say, you know, to the Athenians, in whom you live and move mm-hmm. and have your being. Uh, you, you try to, uh, you know, cut off the very source of your own life. Mm-hmm. Of course, you could not. And he just kind of, it almost seems kind of kind, like you're just acting ignorantly. However, now you can repent and turn to your God so that your sins may be wiped out and refreshing. In in the Old Testament, in a sense, um, in a committed ignorance, had less of a penalty than those that were deliberate. Uh, And so even though I would call this a deliberate sin, he said you, you had no idea. But it shows the grace, mm-hmm. grace mm-hmm. of God. He's actually moved a deliberate sin to, I know. you know, to a, to a sin com- you know, completed in ignorance. But of course, that is what he heard from the Lord. Father, forgive them. They have no idea, they know what you know what they're doing. Mm. And I like it at the end too, you know, where he quotes from from Abraham. Um, you know, through your offspring, all peoples of the earth will be blessed. When God raised up His servant, He sent him first to you to bless you. And so he's almost saying, like, God has this blessing for you. Like, and, and who wouldn't want that? If someone just came up to you on the street and said, hey, I just wanted to bless you. I have something for you. Most of us would be pretty receptive to that, I would think. That and, just and depends then, on which street, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, I mean, what an amazing kind of approach that Peter's taking here. Like, the God, the creator of all things, he, he wants to bless you. Well, he takes um, him back. Christ. You know, he takes him back, you know, as Matt already pointed out, connecting it to, you know, to Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob. But then to Moses, you know, Moses told you about a coming prophet. He said, you must hear him. And if you don't hear him, you, you'll be cut off. It's not you're, you're punished from not hearing him. You're removed from, from any hope of blessing if you reject, you reject him. And then uh, bringing in Abraham as well in, in blessing of all nations. And, of course, I love the gospel invitation back up. And, you know, I've already mentioned it three mm-hmm. times, so it should come as yeah, no surprise. Uh, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and then he may send the Messiah who has been pointed from you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until a time comes from him to restore all things as he promised long ago through his prophets. Mm-hmm. Uh, those three beautiful steps, your sins are wiped out, you are renewed and refreshed daily. Uh, you know, Paul would say, outwardly we're wasting away, Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. These momentary and light afflictions mm-hmm. for us are nothing compared to the eternal weight of glory, you know, which is to come. And and so and he, he speaks to that hope. And the hope that we have is one day all things will be mm-hmm. be renewed. Yeah. And um, fun passage, uh, Peter's preaching. <laughs> 
Well, let's, uh, let's close with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for the renewal that comes to us through the Holy Spirit. You've wiped out our sins, and you've given us a hope that one, thing, one day all things will be restored in Jesus. Man, a time that is so uncertain and so wild as we wade through an unpredictable political season and a COVID virus or whatever else we find to wrap our little minds around that you have given us a promise that far surpasses them all. One day all of this will be done away with and you will restore all things in Christ Jesus as you are now restoring us. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen.